You're listening to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast of its kind for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into consciousness, leadership, and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. This year, Thrive is brought to you by E2M Solutions, a trusted white label partner to hundreds of digital agencies across the globe. Visit e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive today. Welcome back to another episode of Thrive, my friends. Did you know that more than 75% of us have actually experienced some form of trauma in our lives? It's actually probably closer to 100, but vastly underreported. We know this. So while attention to diverse and inclusive messaging has definitely increased in marketing, you all know that, we don't often think about how brand messages may exacerbate symptoms of trauma. And that's what we want to talk today about. So I'm joined by Kat Kennan, CEO and founder of Radical Customer Experience, which is a research-based, empathy-driven customer approach to creating marketing that's sensitive to the needs of those who have experienced trauma of any kind, big T, small T, you name it. Kat, thank you so much for joining me today. You know that this is a conversation that is up my alley and certainly up yours. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. So Let's kind of get into this. Trauma-informed marketing is going to be a brand new term for many of the people who are watching or listening. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit more about what we mean by trauma-informed marketing and why it's important. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the word trauma is very intimidating and scary for a lot of companies. I also talk about it through the lens of strength or strength-based marketing versus the traditional fear-based techniques that we've all been taught. But, you know, just you hit on it, right? 75% and likely 100% of people have experienced at least one major trauma. And the notion of big T's and little T's, honestly, it's, it's what that trauma did for that individual person versus any notion of big or small. But is it you know, it's losing a friend or family member. It's something simple like just moving homes. Now, if you think about COVID, which was a huge trauma for everyone in terms of it being a pandemic and being isolated, four out of 10 people, so 40% lost someone they know and love. So that's also a huge trauma. And particularly when it comes to loss, we come into points during the year where we get really triggered. And we're bombarded with marketing messages, you know, whether that's the end of year holidays or or Mother's Day or Father's Day, you know, maybe it's a holiday that was particularly important to someone that you lost. I no longer celebrate Thanksgiving as an example, right? So it is a part of the overall diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging family, but it is tuned into this specific thing. Mm-hmm. So you touched upon a couple of examples, but I want to yeah. talk about some of the brands that are doing this. Yeah, they're doing it, how they're like logistically and tactically doing this from a marketing perspective. Yeah, maybe even what kind of effects that's having on their customer loyalty, their brand reputation. So more mm-hmm. on the long term versus the short term. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that we talk a lot about is brand trust, right? And to me, if you think about it, like brand trust is here, right? But trauma and what triggers trauma is underneath all of that. 
And so in the lens of real brand trust, like from that trauma perspective, brands are going to increase loyalty, affinity, but we use those terms pretty loosely. I feel like in marketing, we're really good at using words. Imagine that. But, you know, there are a couple of brands out there, and I would say primarily consumer facing uncommon goods based out of Brooklyn. But, you know, obviously their stuff is e commerce, so you can get things everywhere. This necklace happens to be from uncommon goods just by coincidence. But last year was the first year they did it, and they sent out a text campaign. It was leading up to Mother's Day, which obviously is a huge holiday for so many brands, and said, hey, we know this time of year is tough for many of you. Click here to opt out of our Mother's Day messaging. And I know when I saw that, I had lost my mom, right? And recent enough where getting bombarded with those messages was super difficult. And so I could look at it both as a marketer and as a human being. And, you know, yes, I had been a customer for years and recommended them. But what that did hit deep in there, right? And I was like, wow, I have never seen another brand do that. And they did it again this year. They added in Father's Day. I saw Ancestry did something similar. I'm sure if you asked someone on that team, right, and either brand and said, are you doing trauma-informed marketing? Or they probably wouldn't realize. They're like, it was just a Mother's Day campaign. We thought it'd be good, right? And even if it's empathy driven, they probably wouldn't use that term, but there are brands doing it and doing it really well. I think any holiday example is really tangible yeah. to understand for sure. Yeah. Especially Mother's Day and Father's Day, because you're talking yeah. about, you know, the two core for, for many people, not everyone, yeah. core people who may have been your parental caregivers, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of our stuff is rooted. So it doesn't have to be necessarily losing a parent in the last few years where that is Mm -hmm. still kind of really raw. Yeah. That there was a lot of trauma or maybe abuse in the household, maybe from a father or mother. Yeah. And the idea of happy mother's day or happy father's day is quite that, right? So yeah, having that consciousness and having that empathy to say, for some people, this is a happy holiday and a celebratory. Yeah. And for some people, it's not. We want to acknowledge that and honor that. I think it makes people feel very seen. There was a jewelry brand that I was subscribed to, getting their email campaigns once a month mm-hmm. or something like that. And they also had, uh, you know, hey, this is this could be a little activating for some of you. So opt out. Yeah. And I felt really seen. And I thought, yeah. you know, my immediate thought was this brand kind of gets me or at least has an awareness that there are people yeah. like me out there. And so when I do want to purchase something for someone, I'm going to go there. And it was in a split second and mm-hmm. it all happened. Right. But that's what yeah. you're talking about is really cementing that brand loyalty. And it is really all about being seen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably you and I have an awareness. We do work in this space. And so when we see a campaign like that, it's like, oh, of course they feel seen, right? And we can like, we can feel it. But I think for many consumers and customers, it's not that obvious. And they may, that same brand loyalty and, you know, it may cement in the same way, but 
they might not be aware why exactly. And, you know, the same applies on the negative side too, right? A lot of people aren't aware of how marketing campaigns and messages can really affect them or realize that they're being activated. Hey, let's take a quick break. Did you know that there's a better way to scale your agency? Whether it's web design, development, e-commerce, content, SEO, or even hosting, E2M is the reliable white label partner you wish you knew about years ago. Personally, I'm proud to partner with E2M because of our alignment in values and ethics. Head over to e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. So you talk about trauma-informed marketing actually as a responsibility. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think this is a really great sort of lens or sort of approach to this, right? The sort of do no harm. I love this this sort of approach of your business. Yeah, absolutely. I was raised in an environment of medicine by a doctor and the notion of the Hippocratic Oath and doing no harm was something I was surrounded with my entire life. And I think this has sort of been happening and or hopefully authentically happening in the overall ESG sustainability space. It's uh, diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. It's there too, right? But I mean, trauma-informed marketing, strength-based marketing, all of these other things are, I think it's the responsibility of companies and brands. It's what they get in exchange for profits, right? certainly talk about responsible marketing, but this goes beyond a buzzword. Yeah. And so this is kind of that opposite of the fear base that you're talking about before. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about from the the fear-based standpoint, what most marketers Mm -hmm. are currently, (laughs) how that can be really psychologically damaging? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this, this is what we're all taught as marketers, right? So I'm not here to beat someone up as a marketer, right? would be like anti to my persona in so many ways, but fear-based marketing is what we're all trained to do from the very beginning, whether it's your sale is on for a limited time, there's limited quantity, fear of missing out, you know, you have to follow all the influencers, you know, you have to look like, even in terms of like bodies, you have to be skinny like the models that you see. And yes, there are brands that are on that, right? And being much more body inclusive. But seeing these messages and being bombarded with them constantly, it's really psychologically damaging in terms of self-esteem and our self-worth. And it's not something that's obvious necessarily, right? You know, you may see those messages constantly and, you know, feel this pressure, this peer pressure or, you know, whatever it is like, oh, I got to get this before the sales over. But those kind of messages again and again and again are really harmful. Now, that's not to say they don't work. They certainly do work in the short term. But when we're talking about long term sustainable growth. We have to do it in the lens of strength. Right. And so it's interesting because I don't think I am up until this conversation, I don't think that (laughs) I put body positivity into the bucket of trauma informed marketing, but it definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So many of us, and regardless of shape or weight, right? 
have all sorts of body issues or insecurities. And so I do think seeing brands that are much more inclusive, you know, like Old Navy and Gap, now do you can choose the model size. There are other brands that do that. And honestly, there are brands like NYX who have done it from the very, very beginning. 10 years ago, they were doing it when they started the brand. And so it's a huge, huge thing. You know, we all get triggered. And again, we don't always know that we're triggered. Yeah. From my lens and from like a gender perspective, some of the brands that Mm -hmm. I follow are what I would call like gender positivity instead of body Mm -hmm. positivity. Yeah. And that even is starting to click into my mind. Like even that's trauma. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And that is probably much less common. It is much less common, you know, or that you have something that's truly gender neutral. And that doesn't mean like unisex sizing, like we've (laughs) forever, right? (laughs) You know, that is not the same thing that is typically traditional men sizing with the with the unisex label. But yeah, no, I think being able to recognize and see where any individual is approaching from, whether it's body size or gender or race or ethnicity. So for the agencies who are listening or watching, what's Mm -hmm. the starting point for this kind of like lens or approach? If they're starting to think, hey, we've got this campaign coming up with a brand new client, how do we make sure that we start to practice, like making sure that put out there, if we're going to be a responsible organization, what we put there is really looked at through a trauma-informed lens. Like where's the starting point? Because Yeah, really, absolutely. It feels like absolutely. a big pass. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think from a, a creative agency standpoint, it, you know, or a lot of times it's going to be approached from the strategic side, which is amazing and awesome, but there is some just practical tactics and technology that must come into it. What I do with a lot of my clients is let's look under the hood at their CRM. Let's look at their marketing automation. Let's, you know, look at their customer support. What are words that they use? What are words that perhaps flag a help ticket so that a human sees it, right? You know, what are the kinds of drip campaigns that they've put together? And then, you know, the sentences and language that's used. And now it seems huge. It seems super overwhelming. But it's little steps at a time. I think a huge part of trauma-informed marketing, which is something that no one would really even think about, is making sure you have an up-to-date CRM. You know, whether it's like someone's name or languages or addresses, like even things like that can be incredibly activating, say, to get a piece of mail, right? Which, you know, we all laugh at direct mail, but when we get a really good piece, we're like, Ooh, this is awesome. Right. But when you get a piece in the mail that maybe is addressed to an ex-partner, right. You know, that's incredibly triggering. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have to be necessarily this big sweeping creative piece or strategy piece. Sometimes it's just really simple technology triggers. And I think that's really important for marketers and their agencies to understand is that you can sort of keep going, right? Like, let's start small. It is scary. It is a lot. I think that you are blowing my mind because all (laughs) of these things that I never considered 
trauma-informed marketing, right? There, I mean, we're using that term here today, right? And I do think that it is going to become sort of like the thing that people will focus on because trauma in general is becoming a much more talked about thing, which is fantastic. Yeah. But data cleanliness as a trauma-informed marketing practice, like, yeah. I'm just thinking about that. You know, I had sort of this like existential crisis after I sold my agency and I still get mail as CEO of that agency. Yeah. Seven years later, I'm like, guys, update your list. (laughs) And every time I see the name of the company in my mailbox, I'm like, there is, it's, it's very, very little now, but there's something there. There's something there. Right. And so even my immediate reaction is related to, I'm just going to speak about this from the personal experience of what happens on the camera run for a second, because I think that might be helpful. What happens is I am so focused on what's written and I'm focused on the feeling that I'm having. I could never tell you any of the brands that did that because I immediately threw it out. Yeah. So you absolutely not cleaning your data and scrubbing your data and making sure that it's really accurate and active. You're just throwing money away. Right. No one's absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we all know that, you know, you're making the bulk of your money from existing customers, like the cost of acquisition, that's the bulk of the cost. Right. And so let's keep the customers you have. Let's put them in a frame of mind to recommend your brand. And again, so many of these tactics, we all sort of laugh at a little bit as marketers, like word of mouth, but they 100% are true and do work. And let's focus there, right? Yeah. So as we're starting to wrap up, I know that you actually just co-authored a book that is just now available on Amazon and all the places. It's called Breaking the Glass Ceiling. So I would love to hear a little bit more about like what your contribution was in that book. Yeah. Kind of ties nicely to what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, my contribution is all about empathy and what I've learned about empathy or perhaps the lack of empathy in the workplace. And, you know, I tell a story through the lens of all the many work experiences I've had in my career. And then also outline like what does psychological safety look like in the workplace? Really, what is being trauma informed? And I think while I'm mostly focused in this chapter about the workplace, it certainly all applies externally as well. Yeah. Our marketing messaging, what we're putting out there, the environment yeah. we're actually working in when we're creating that messaging, yeah. right? The yeah. internal and the external. Yeah, exactly. Not siloed. No. And I mean, it, the internal and external you hit on is exactly right. I often talk about it as external customers and internal customers, right? And when you talk about, say, retention, and this applies to all companies, including agencies and hiring, and, you know, it's becoming increasingly difficult to hire, creating that supportive, inclusive environment and a trauma-informed environment and a place where people feel safe in whatever way that is, right? Physically, emotionally, at the end of the day, you're increasing your bottom line and your profits because the cost of bringing in new employees and training them and that uptick is huge. Well, best of luck with the book. Thank you so much for 
on the show today. I love this conversation. I, you know, you and I could talk all day long. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. I was th- really thrilled to be here. And thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, please rate the show or subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a big thank you to the official sponsor of Thrive for this year, E2M Solutions, your white label agency partner. Learn more about their approach, services, and subscription plans at e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive.